and in one season you could see that there was this peak sort of at the end of the season where these birds were coming from like almost you know as far away as Alaska you know so these little birds are moving quite a ways and this was you know so a way that I was able to tie uh, my master's degree in with my work with my hobby and it was uh, it was pretty cool it was a fun fun little project Hey everyone, welcome back for another week of the Falcon Retold podcast brought to you by Marshall Radio Telemetry, the creators of the most carefully engineered and reliable tracking systems available. For more information on Marshall Radio products, head to marshallradio.com. And our guest this week, Todd Coleman, I got to meet and hang out with for the first time at the Merlin meet earlier this year. And after getting to know Todd some, finding out what he does for a living and uh, some of the research that he had to do for one of his college uh, research projects, uh, it became apparent to me real quick that uh, some of the things that Todd has done in, in his falconry and work career will kind of be a, a cool subject to uh, to cover during a podcast. So while we were both in the NAFA meet, um, he agreed to kindly spend an hour with me and uh, go over some of that stuff. So without further ado, I uh, will just go ahead and jump in here and give you all Todd Coleman. Enjoy. Okay, we are rolling in three, two, one. It is snowing outside. It's cold. It is, well, it, I guess it was raining. Then it turned to snow. This is a kind of a crappy morning, you know, here in Great Bend at the at the last uh, morning of the NAFA meet for 2019. But I, uh, well, I find myself yet in another uh, hotel room again with uh, my friend Todd Coleman and um, you know figured we might as well just use this dreary crappy day to um, make another uh, make another wonderful episode of the Falcon Retold podcast so thank you for joining us and thank you Todd for allowing me to invade your room yet again and absolutely uh, and hang out so um, how's uh, how's the week been for you it's been pretty good uh, the weather's tough it's been windy very yeah. windy all week a little cold um, but we've had a good time. We've made the best of it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, still have all our birds, so that's a plus. Mm -hmm. Caught a few, few things. Right. A few things also <laughs> caught, caught us, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's been good. It's been good. It's a fun meet. Cool. Yeah. I mean, this is my first NAFA, so I uh, I don't really have any frames of reference for uh, you know which ones were you know, better, worse, yeah. you know, if, you know, you can really rate them all better or worse yeah. or simply more than just what they are. I but, think most uh, people rate the, rate the meat by how, how much game they're seeing. And mm -hmm. so in that, in that case, I'd say this was a little bit of a tough meat, mm -hmm. but, uh, we were able to find some, yeah. some rabbits and we, we had plenty of slips, so that was good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, when I did manage to go out with you guys, uh, yesterday, um, for a couple of, uh, well, questionably yeah. uh, shady, shady hunts in regards to, you know, being able to find game and everything. But, um, I know, uh, your bird got, got into it with a cat, which, you know, yeah. happens more than a lot of times we would like to see or yeah. like to admit. So how's the, uh, how's the foot doing and how's the she, leg doing? She's doing good. She's, uh, got full use of it. She, she grabbed me with it today. So I know it's working. Uh, it's a little red, a little bit swollen, but she's on antibiotics and mm. which which antibiotics did you say uh, clavamox gotcha. she's on clavamox gotcha. and, uh yeah so far so good 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 well you know typically if there's anything that's going to happen with a with a cat bite it usually happens pretty pretty quick so yeah. hopefully it's not going to be a an issue for you yeah we got on top of it pretty quick i think so that's that's yeah. good saves us a trip to the vet Right before very very busy Thanksgiving week, yeah, thankfully. So yeah, no, I it's um it's always good whenever um well in a meat environment like this when you have like a bazillion other falconers around you you would hope that at least a couple of them would remember those kinds of essentials because I know inevitably I always screw up and I always yeah. forget something important yeah. like that. Um, of course, yeah. I mean, like it's like I told you last night, I was just like, well, uh, you know, I've got some good antibiotics, uh you know 12 hours away at home exactly but you yeah. know I, it's just the bird i brought i knew i wasn't gonna fly so it's just you don't think about it and yeah. and um you know <laughs> whenever you pack up i mean your truck's loaded to the gill man so <laughs> i mean you know how it is too it's just like you you load up for something like this and it's like 
you you would like to bring things in mind yeah. for like other people too, mm-hmm. but you can barely fit the crap that you're bringing oh, for yeah. yourself. <laughs> I always overpack and I still don't have everything I need. Yeah. And, and I was one of those, you know, I, I knew I was going to need this, but I, I bought a, a first aid kit that Jenny Buckley put together and mm-hmm. uh, totally forgot it. Yeah. Knew, knew I needed it. It was not out in the open where I wanted it to be. And of course I forgot <laughs> to pack it. Yeah. But uh, have everything else I need, so. Yeah. Well, you know, it inevitably always works out the way it happens. Um, you know, you just hope that uh, it doesn't affect things too much. But, no. I mean, we all do that kind of crap from time to time. Yeah. And, and you lost, well, you, you lost the hood protector That's and the true. hood and the whole exchange and stuff, too. Yeah. And, yeah. And, oh, uh, well. I mean, I guess if, if something like that were to happen, this is the place that you'd want it to happen. Because there are so many people here that are sort of prepared, thankfully, yeah. you yeah. know. Uh, for this event mm-hmm. um, so we can kind of uh, take care of each other to a s- certain extent well and and uh, you know kind of like the, the last night at the uh, at the vendor tables there's usually a few people selling hoods mm-hmm. and you know all that kind of stuff too so you know it, it kind of uh, it kind of sucks a little bit to, to have to be out the extra money that you didn't originally yeah. plan for something that you didn't really want to buy but you just kind of make yourself think that well you know i didn't really like that hood very much <laughs> yeah, anyway that's right i didn't really want that hood protector i wanted a better and one anyway. i wanted to buy some new stuff anyway right so. right yeah a lot of us including myself you know always kind of look for a uh, new fun silly ways to uh spend money on yeah. things we don't need in regards to to the falconry so i'm looking at it as as an opportunity to upgrade uh, the, the hood protector <laughs> was one that I made myself and it wasn't all that fancy so now I can get a nice one I guess well you always have to just try and find the um the positives out of those kind of things for sure yeah. I um like I said I've <laughs> I've done stuff like that before I I remember there was I, I bought a um a pair of like Carhartt thicker insulated nice gloves yeah and I was out in the field with some friends one day and for whatever reason I took one of them off and and it fell out of a pocket or something or whatever. So I was, I've spent, I spent like the better part of like a season and a half with one Carhartt glove and like another stupid, like make sure there's like non-matching gloves. Yep. Whenever that kind of stuff happens, it's just, you, you feel a little weird about it, right? but you just move on and deal with it. And well, and down the road, you just get to spend another $30 on a pair fine. of gloves and whatever. I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things, it's not like uh, losing like a GPS system or something no, like that's that. that's for guess, sure. But, or a bird. Yeah, or yeah, bird. for sure. But I mean, you you just got it, the GPS system too, right? Yes. Yeah. Like we just got it probably a week before we got to this meet. Ooh. And uh, well, maybe two weeks. And, and I've used it like one time before. And I've already mm-hmm. seen how that's going to sort of change the way I've done falconry in Illinois where we would go squirrel hunting you kind of have to wait until all the leaves are off the trees and it seems like that keeps getting later and later so Mm -hmm. you're talking mid to late november before you're even really out hunting right and uh the bird i had was just ready to go and i thought well let's let's try it anyway and i've got this gps system and the leaves were still all on trees and it was i didn't even put bells on her i'm like let's see see how this thing works and it was Mm -hmm. awesome uh and you know new bird took off about 200 yards we didn't see her leave we didn't hear her leave just pulled out the phone and boom there we saw that she had moved on us and it was cool it's a you know was like a three minute find that would have been you know a three hour searching uh expedition had we not had that gps so i love it i mean i absolutely i think it's great no i i I absolutely adore my system too and uh you know i um i went ahead and sprung for the upgrade for the um you know the the turbo version mm-hmm. also and i do you have the standard or the turbo standard standard yeah, yeah. um so you know <laughs> you're, you're going to be fine because you're not flying a, a long wing right but um i know flying a long wing the turbo aspect came in real handy for me um because i mean <laughs> my uh my prairie that i was training earlier this year um he uh, took off across the river, mm-hmm. you know, bordering, you know, the Great. two states, you know, for right. me one day. And, and if it wasn't for the extended signal for that and everything else, like it would have been, would have been very difficult yeah. getting him back. It would be hard to go back to standard or oh, I agree. no telemetry at this point. Yeah. But, you know, wouldn't you agree also though, that just because you have like uh, that extra little bit of of help and technology that, I mean, it's not like you still don't have to use your, you know, classic tracking sure. skills. And I mean, you right. still have to, to be able to use the basic 
you know, knowledge yeah. and, and common sense skills to still be able to find your, your bird. Right. I think, yeah, maybe yeah. I suppose if you were to get started, uh, if you're just getting started, you know, if you were to rely too heavily on GPS, you would lose a lot. Right. Just, you know, where to look in the trees or where to look, you know, mm-hmm. having that sort of innate ability of knowing mm-hmm. where your bird will be. Right. Helps a lot. But, right. uh, well, yeah. I, I know how I've been using it is, um, I like to, I like to kind of do the classic stuff first. Like I'll look around and, you know, if I see some robins or, or some right. other types of birds just start or kestrels or whatever, just come out of the woodwork and just start dive bombing, yeah. you know, like a, a tree line or something like that. I'm Found like, well, <laughs> well, I, I don't have to pull the iPad out. Yeah. I, I know what this, the, the birds over there, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. But, but whenever they're up in a, in a, in a sore, you know, in a thermal and stuff and they, they kind of decide to you know, peace out on mm-hmm. you. It, it makes it a lot easier to that peace of mind is amazing. Like it is. that, the, it, it was just immediate. So I know, you know, everybody I've heard, you know, it's a game changer. It, it really is a game changer. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm had to do some, uh, convincing, you know, kind of had to try to coax my wife into the idea yeah. of, uh, giving it. And now that we have it, she's, she's, she's glad we got it as well because she, she has the same concerns, you know, She's nervous. She's new. Um, it gives her a little more comfort to know. Uh, she hasn't sort of developed those skills yet of knowing where to look for her bird, and uh, it kind of helps her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it might be too much of a crutch at first, but, I mean, well, it, it's technology. I'm not, I'm not afraid of technology. No. Yeah. Well, and, and inevitably, that's what everything's going to be. Yeah. And um, obviously, because we're already moving that, that direction, I mean, I... I got to drive a Tesla for the first time the other <laughs> yeah. night and I'm still like on cloud nine just from being able and, and just have this, um, I guess this morbid sense of jealousy yeah. of all Tesla users or you know, drivers now, because I mean, it, it's, it really is crazy though. I mean, like it, they're totally different. I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, cars, falconry, telemetry, everything's just advancing so yeah. quickly and, and it has been for a while. But um, <laughs> I can see where it would be kind of interesting, kind of like so like kids in this generation growing up with this technology already in place. Right. They don't have to like transition. It's just what they grow up. I can, I, you know, it's just what they grow up with. And I can see where it kind of would be a little interesting, you know, and it's not like I'm still not relatively new to this myself, but someone that's like an apprentice now, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, oh, or yeah. an apprentice that just turned general, like now. Right. Um, you know, I can see where some of that stuff would be confusing whenever you're trying to just get into to our community. Just, I mean, just kind of how with everything's evolved the way it has yeah. right now. So, I mean, all that being said, I mean, your, your, your wife just, just got her general and I wish she would have had a better sponsor for, for her sake. <laughs> Me <I> mean, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, for uh, obviously, you know, nobody listening is going to get the, the inside joke without being told on that. But, yeah. uh, but you, you were your wife's sponsor. Correct. Yeah. And uh, going against, uh, many, many. Uh, sort of helpful instructions to not do so. But <laughs> we, we did so. So I mean, just go into that a little bit. I mean, how how was that? I mean, I've 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 done um, talks before with obviously uh, you know husband and wife falconers, and um, I mean, there's there's definitely plenty of sets of them out there. But whether or not any of them had been the other's uh, sponsor or yeah. not, this kind of a different uh, approach. So it's, it's been a transition, honestly. She's, um, I mean, she's incredibly talented at pretty much anything she takes on. You know, mm-hmm. she can, she can learn just about anything. And this was something though, I was pretty sure I, I wasn't even sure she'd be interested, you know, first mm-hmm. off, um, a lot of she, spouses aren't she, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, you know, she loves animals and I thought, well, this is nature. Nature's pretty raw. I'm not sure she's going to be able to handle some of the, the really raw stuff. And, and, uh, uh, I don't know what it is, but you know, you get out there in the field and you, you get to see it firsthand, you know, and we get to, you know, I took her out and, uh, for the first time, uh, when my bird first caught a rabbit, I thought, here we go. We're going to see whether or not this is something that uh, she enjoys. And she, she was so excited. She, she's jumping up and down and she's like, she got it. She got it. She got it. You know? And I thought, well, good. That's, that's sort of, 
you know, answers uh, that question. Uh, yeah, answers that question. Don't yeah. have to worry about converting her uh, <laughs> to enjoy the sport. But uh, then just sort of watching her, um, watching her learn uh, was fun. I mean, for me, I mean, mm -hmm. I can see that we definitely had points where uh, we disagreed on on uh, certain things, and and uh, it it's hard to sort of main, maintain basically two roles, husband and wife, and uh, a sponsor and apprentice. And it's like, okay, now I'm talking to you as your sponsor. Right. <laughs> so, right. You know, yeah. So, so do my bidding and, right. and do, just, do yeah. what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we can, and we can go and be, be, um, the happy home that we are later. Yes. But, but right now this is really important. You need yeah. to, uh, you need to do what I say because if not, this is not going to end well. It's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want the bird to get hurt. You need to, you know, sort of, uh, sort of, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say do what I say, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want you to, I don't want you to screw up too bad. Whatever, Todd, we're both, we're both, we're both in a safe zone right now. Yeah, right. You know, you can, we can, we can, we can be, uh, we, we can be totally honest. I'm sure Christy will be just fine She'll later be, once she listens to of this. Of course. I'm sure she will. No, she, she's been, um, I'm impressed with everything that she's, she's learned. She's very hard on herself. Uh, she, we went out, you know, we've gone out a few times and she's had a sort of a tough draw of birds. She's had some very difficult birds, you know, uh, her first passage Harris was one of these notoriously sort of spooky birds. And it was, um, like every day we nicknamed the bird 51st dates because we were retraining it every day and you'd approach him every day and he'd freak out and want to get away from you. Uh, but you know, I thought, Hopefully that'll be a great learning experience down the road because she didn't have a really sort of docile, tame bird to uh, sort of, you know, I guess, absorb any mistakes like this bird really sort of uh, accentuated any mistakes that she would make. Very and unforgiving. So I'm sure, yeah, very unforgiving. And I think she'll probably have learned a lot from that experience. But at the same time, I want her to have success. Like, I don't I don't want her to get bored of this because she hasn't been successful, but she's done great. You know, I, I'm um yeah she just became a general so uh we'll see how it goes uh we'll see how this season goes we're just getting started so yeah yeah well i mean as as we all usually typically um start to find out after we get our general and that whole new world of possibilities for birds that you can get and everything it, it starts to open up that much more and and opinions and likes yeah. change and evolve mm -hmm. and uh you know, I mean, you can start off just thinking the red tail is the most fun thing ever just because that's the only thing you can really do. Right. Um, but then you kind of try something new and then all of a sudden you're, you know, flying long wings or, mm -hmm. or goshawks or, um, yeah. you know, just depending on how much you hate yourself and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then everything else. I am curious to see how her, her interests develop, you know, like if they'll, you know, she knows the basics now and is, is being at these meets and seeing the different birds fly, is that going to take her into a different sort of, uh, zone of falconry? We kind of, you know, uh, we've had Harris's and we've had red tails because that's, you know, what makes sense to hunt where we live. But, mm -hmm. um, I am curious to see if, if she goes in a different direction, you know, once she gains her confidence, but mm -hmm. it's been a good experience. Yeah. I've been, I've been pretty fortunate. It's been a good experience. I did a lot of falconry all by myself for many many years and it was always fun i always really enjoyed it but there was uh there is something about that shared experience you, you have a really cool uh you know really cool chase and a really cool uh slip or you watch a bird do a wing over and something and you see it and you see it all by yourself uh you don't really get to share that with anybody but now i have somebody i can sort of share that with and that's you know part of why the meets are fun but you know uh, those are only once every, you know, so often, you yeah, don't once, get to have that year or, or yeah. you know, depending on whether or not you're really involved with your state club meets mm -hmm. and everything, it's, yeah, it's a handful of times a year. Yeah. And a lot of those times you have to drive hours and hours that you may or may not have time for mm -hmm. and, and everything else. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it is always a lot more fun whenever you can get out, um, in the field with other people. Right. And obviously it's, it's great if, um, if those people are your friends and mm -hmm. they were, they become your friends. And I mean, that's really what, what makes the sport so fun, it but does. I, I can imagine there being like another element to that. If, if it's a spouse also, sure. And I can also see where that might, there might be some pitfalls with little, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. It gets a little heated sometimes, but for the most part, it all works out. I'm just like, well, honey, uh, I just, 
you mind if I just go hunting by myself yeah. today? Well, well, what do you mean? Why, yeah. why would you want to go by yourself? What are you, what are you, what are you saying? Yeah. Or honey, would you mind going hunting by yourself today? <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to get rid of me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. I, I can only imagine the, uh, the potential, uh, sparks to see. I don't have that issue. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you know how my, my situation is. Mm-hmm. I my, my wife is just not into this stuff at all. So, um, she's tolerant and, and, um, I've been fortunate in a lot of ways with that too. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, what got you started then? And, um, I mean, is, is there a particular reason that you, um, I mean, did you just not have very many other people around? Or, um, I would or say you... when I got started, it was, I don't know, just a bit of a different time. There weren't, you know, there was no social media. There was no, I mean, the internet was really just getting started. Um, uh, you know, it was something, you know, even finding a sponsor was difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I basically, I think I was just sitting around on a weekend watching TV and sort of just graduated college, had a little expendable income, expendable time and saw a sporting show on falconry. And I thought, wow, that's legal. You can, you can do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And started looking into it and, and, you know, contacted the state and, uh, they put me in contact with the local clubs and she kind of had to search, you know, by phone number and phone book and right. And, uh, and that's, that's how I made mail. my, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, even with the, uh, even with the internet, that's kind of how I made my first contacts with, I mean, well, I, I just went to our state clubs yeah. page and I mean, I was fortunate enough to obviously be able to be in a state that number one had a club and number two had a nice website that I could find, yeah. you know, the, the different directors, uh, um, you know, information and stuff, but even then you still really don't get the super accurate information sometimes unless you get the packet from the DNR with all the list of all the people sure. and stuff. So, yeah. And then even once you had, once I had the list of, of, uh, like books and things like that, it was not, there was no Amazon to buy the books from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to go to the library and you know, they'd be pulling books from other libraries and there were only like three or four that they had on, you know, on the shelves. And so it was kind of felt like slim pickings, but, uh, it was, you know, so I did, a, uh, you know, had my sponsor, uh, met my sponsor through, uh, some falconers at a local club. And, uh, then he kind of got out of falconry and I actually lost touch with him for quite a while. Um, but, and so I was kind of on my own and then I didn't really meet a lot of other people. I don't, you know, it didn't seem like there were a lot of younger people in falconry at that time. I'm sure there were, but mm-hmm. again, you didn't have the social media to sort of connect with them the way right. you do now. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, we did, you know, thank, thank God for, uh, social media and Facebook and things like that. I did get back into the sort of social aspect of falconry. I just kind of mm-hmm. walked away from it for a while. It wasn't really my cup of tea. I enjoyed being out with my bird and hunting and that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was the, you know, the, one of the first meets I ever went to, uh, my wife, Christy went with me and it was, you know, Jeff Venture squirrel meet. And I've been <laughs> encouraged to go to this and I'm glad I did. It was, well, it was a blast. It was just uh sort of different. Well, I'm sorry that you had to deal with Jeff yeah. though. You know, I mean, nobody should have to be subjected to that for too long. Love you, Jeff. Yeah. Anyway, um, but, uh, <laughs> no, I actually, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to go to that myself for the first time this, this upcoming, um, yeah. well, this is this upcoming, I guess still technically winter, you know, mm-hmm. winter, spring, February, or yeah, whenever, yeah, whenever I pretty sure is January, February, whenever, whenever mm-hmm. it is. So anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, the meets and stuff, it's especially for someone that's, that's new. I mean, it can obviously be intimidating, yeah. you know, and especially uh, the, the sport doesn't necessarily attract a lot of extroverts to begin with. Right. And, uh, you know, generally speaking, you know, for lack of better terms i i can include myself in this category or used to a lot you know for sure but you know just elements of that that social socially awkward you know a little introverted yep you know i mean it's taken a lot over the years for me to get a little bit out of my own shell otherwise i mean obviously i wouldn't be able to be invading people's hotel rooms (laughs) and doing this kind of stuff with them either um but you know i i guess i was just lucky that the the people that I got hooked up with were um, were well now they're not so nice <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're overly friendly now right right we're we're, yeah. we're almost too friendly yeah. uh, we we give each other crap in a, in a fun way all the time but I mean we can we can definitely be brutal to each other also but I mean the initial 
welcoming aspect of everything. And I've discussed this before with people is just, it's going to make or break, um, a person's falconry experience. Yeah. And so if you're fortunate enough to get in with a group of people that are willing to uh, show you the ropes and not be horrible to you in a, in a bad way mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of a fun way, you know, yeah. whatever, uh, then, you know, you, you've found yourself in a pretty fortunate situation, I think. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, I didn't, you know, there, there was a time I just didn't enjoy social falconry. I just really didn't enjoy it. I, lately I, you know, sort of found sort of the, I don't know, the group of people that I kind of have more in common with and, it's become fun again. It's mm-hmm. it's again, like I said, it's fun to have that shared experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that it's uh, it's been a good change. No, well, I'm sure. No, it's like I said. I I can only imagine. Like if if it wasn't for like if I had to go about doing it all by myself mm-hmm. and um, I didn't really have that extra f- fun aspect of what for me makes it you know, just almost as equally satisfying as, as going out and catching game with your bird. I'm not really sure I'd honestly want to do it. Yeah. I mean, it just wouldn't be as worth it to me, I guess. I mean, it definitely would, it would seem more like, like, um, a chore Mm -hmm. than, than like a fun, you know, this is a fun experience. I would say they got that way for me for a little bit. Like, yeah, now I have this bird and I have to take it out and I'm going to watch it do cool stuff, but I'm the only one who's going to watch it do cool stuff. And yeah, that's rewarding and stuff, but it is cool to be able to sort of back and forth with somebody. Wow. Did you see how cool, you know, that stoop was and how she crashed that brush and all of that. And well, and and conversely, also the part of the fun is having to deal with listening to wow. Yeah, it's really awesome just sitting your bird sit on a limb for 30 minutes. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it, it was an amazing day. Thanks for, you know, taking... There's <laughs> that. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, that, there's, there's all that also. All right, hope you guys have been enjoying Todd Coleman so far. Just want to take a second and thank Todd on Marshall's behalf. Marshall's always appreciative whenever customers have uh, kind words to say about their products, in particular a GPS system. So thank you, Todd, for sharing your thoughts on the GPS system and glad you've been enjoying it. And just wanted to also thank everybody out there for helping us reach a new personal milestone. We actually hit um, almost 4,000 downloads this month, so that's kind of a a new big deal for us. So thank you all so much for helping us with that, and uh, thank you always for listening. All right, we're going to jump right back into things here with Todd so he can share some of his cool research experiences with you and uh, kind of how that tied into some of his falconry. So here we go. So we've also kind of talked before some about, um, you know, kind of what you you did for your education and everything else mm-hmm. and what you do for a living and stuff. But I mean, was there anything else uh, education or work wise that also you were able to kind of incorporate with, um, you know, the the falconry experience yeah. that you had and everything else? Or I mean, what you bet. once I got interested in the Raptors, you know, I was just sort of I mean, it, it was sort of became part of my every day and every interest. And I was working at a, a laboratory where we did uh, stable isotope analysis and uh, kind of, kind of a zoom type. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> a, sort of a, a niche little uh, type of uh, laboratory, but um, well, well, I was, I mean, just, just go, cause I, I have no idea what that is. So, we'll um, so that stable isotopes, basically uh, you use this really fancy, expensive machine and I'm trying to sort of pare it down as much as I can. Sure to uh weigh the differences in molecules okay right and uh there's different isotopes of you know uh, different elements and they form say for instance water you have uh h2o so you have two hydrogens and an oxygen Mm -hmm. and there's different forms of hydrogen and there's different forms of oxygen or different isotopes Mm -hmm. that can make that single molecule you know different from the standard uh hydrogen uh, two hydrogens and an oxygen. You can have a heavy, heavy hydrogen uh, with a light uh, hydrogen and a, a light uh, oxygen that you know would weigh differently from different molecules. Anyway, I'm getting into the weeds a little bit. Well, there. I mean, that's already more than than what I remember from my high school chemistry yeah, class. Yeah. So, so anyway, <laughs> you can measure these differences, and they can sometimes. Uh, what we did primarily was for the oil and gas industry. They would use these differences in exploration and finding and searching for uh, 
productive, you know, oil and gas pockets and things like that. Mm -hmm. So while they're drilling, they're taking isotope measures or measurements of hydrocarbons and uh, looking for areas that are productive. But I was trying to find a way that I could, you know, use that equipment to uh, to work on a project for my master's degree that I was working on at the University of Illinois. And uh, there were some papers that were that were just coming out on songbirds and using isotopes to track songbirds and their migration patterns. Huh. <clears throat> and essentially what happens is, like you're looking at water, try and think of a way to keep this simple. Uh, so if you look at the moisture patterns over the continent, uh, most of the moisture originates at the equatorial regions and then sort of uh, moves up towards the polar regions, right? Okay, okay. So you have weather patterns, though, that move, like I say, North America, west to east. Um, but the, the moisture that, you know, falls out in those weather events origin originates at the equatorial regions or like in the Gulf okay. of Mexico. So if you measure, say, water and the differences in the isotopes of water across the continent in their precipitation events, so like rain and, and snow and everything, as it falls across... Uh, the North American continent, you get this gradient of, you know, uh, lighter uh, or heavier, you know, the heavier isotopes fall out closer to the Gulf uh, and continue on, you know, they get lighter and lighter and lighter as you get to the pole. And so okay. you get this gradient across North America that shows up in the food web, shows up in plants, shows up in ultimately bird feathers. Okay. So they did this and they used this technique to sort of identify roughly where these little songbirds were moving to and from so it kind of helps aid in just determining what their migration was yeah and stuff like that. yeah and i said well i wonder if you could do that with hawks so huh uh looked into it a little bit a friend of mine said hey you should contact uh, bill cochran at the u of i uh, bill cochran is sort of one of the pioneers of uh radio telemetry and uh he's like yeah he said, you know come over we'll talk you know, maybe we can find a project for you. And uh, he said, you know, uh, so I went over to see him and went, you know, he was, he's interesting guy. He had, he immediately took me into his basement and he was showing me this sort of oscilloscope thing. You know, he's like, look, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a transmitter on a Blue Jay. And I'm, I look, you can tell now that it's, it's flying, right? Like it's moving uh, right now. And I'm like, you, you, you can see that, but I don't, I don't know what you're looking at, but I'll take your word for it. But he's a really brilliant guy. Anyway, he, he said, you should talk to these folks up at uh, Cedar Grove, uh, Cedar Grove, Wisconsin. So he put me in touch with uh, Dan Berger and Helmut uh, Muller uh, that were, they basically started um, the longest running hawk trapping and banding station in the world. And it's about 40 minutes north of Milwaukee, and it's uh, one heck of a trapping station. Like, they've got these massive mist nets that extend out from their blind, like, I don't know, 50, 40, 40 yards or something like that. And they're Jeez. just <laughs> walls of mist nets and they catch hundreds of, of raptors every fall. And I think like this year they trap like 700 and banded, you know, mostly sharp shins, sawwood owls, red tails. Uh, and I'm like, well, how can I, you know, sort of find a project here? You mm -hmm. know, now that I, now that I have, uh, sort of a, a place to go to study. Mm -hmm. And they'd been watching sharpshin hawks uh, for years. And they, of course, you know, put a band on them and uh, see if it ever gets recovered again. And they get very, very few returns on that uh, sort of tagging event mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, you've got to find this bird. Somebody's got to find it. Right. And uh, return that information to uh, the bird laboratory, like that just doesn't happen very often. Well, sure. But over 50, like over 50, 60 years, they've been banning all of these birds and, and helmet. He had, he had noticed a pattern that these birds were coming from the one, the late coming birds were a little bigger, longer wings, longer tails, little sharp shins. And that generally happens out West, but they only had like one or two band recoveries to confirm that's where they were coming from. Mm -hmm. But we were able to look at the isotope values of the feathers that reflect the rainfall of the area where they were grown and uh you know we used only juveniles so that we knew um that those feathers were grown you know in one region as opposed to an adult that would maybe yeah, migrate and take food and from yeah. wherever mm -hmm. uh and in one season you could see that there was this peak 
sort of at the end of the season where these birds were coming from like almost, you know, as far away as Alaska, you know, so these little birds are moving quite a ways. And this was, you wow. know, so a way that I was able to tie uh, my master's degree in with my work, with my hobby. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was a fun, fun little project. Well, very cool. No, that's, uh, man, that's actually really interesting. I, I would have never thought that that could be a way other than just traditional telemetry yeah. or spotting or whatever that, that you could really tell yeah. where these birds were kind of coming from and everything. So, um, I, I'm sort of anxious to see actually with the, the advent of these smaller GPS, you know, transmitters and stuff, you know, basically confirmation or, or, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, refute a lot of the patterns that we think we've seen over the years because they're, they're getting so small and they're getting, uh, I don't know. I, I think they're, they're, they're going to learn a lot of stuff pretty quick here, uh, just because of the ability to use these GPS transmitters, uh, on these birds. It's, it's kind of an exciting time for me well, I as, mean, an, if... as a scientist, I really enjoyed, uh, being able to apply something that was, I mean, pretty boring to my hobby that I really enjoyed. And well, I mean, I, I don't think that kind of stuff's boring at all. I, I find it pretty fascinating. Like I said, it's, um, any, any time you can combine something that's, that's purely scientific. I mean, most people had to, had to take, uh, you know, chemistry and mm -hmm. stuff like that in high school. And I really wish that more teachers could find more interesting ways to apply that type of information. Cause you know, you know how it is like when yeah. you're learning the periodic table and it's, doing those equations yeah. to balance, like the balancing equations and stuff for all the molecules it's, and everything. It's so stale. It's, it's so bland. Yeah. It's so boring. But if someone who say had, um, you know, that kind of experience mm -hmm. and, um, they were able to import that or find a way to kind of incorporate that into teaching high schoolers mm -hmm. about chemistry and stuff, you might be able to get more kids to care about this kind of right. stuff. And I know I would have, I would have thought it would have been a lot cooler had, you know, my high school, uh, chemistry teacher that I really just, well, anyway, um, <laughs> the teacher makes a difference. The teacher makes a huge difference, but still, I mean, it, you just, I, I just wish that, that more teachers had those different kind of experiences to draw on rather mm -hmm. than just having to you know, just teach that stale information from like a, a just a basic textbook. Mm -hmm. I mean, you bring a raptor in or, or you know, if you uh, bring something else cool like that into an equation and you can combine those things, it, it definitely would have caught my attention more. Yeah. Or kept it more. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I don't know that that's just that's kind of crazy when you the, think about the, it. The applied. Yeah. Finding ways to apply that boring stuff that that. Did that was pretty I'm, cool. I, like, mean, I was going to say, I mean, it had to have helped you some with it. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, actually, it was actually, you know, it, it was a difficult thing for me to learn and understand in the beginning. But then finding a way to apply it that was interesting was really kind of how I, I don't know, sort of uh, found an affection for it. Maybe I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I re it was really kind of a cool technique to to apply and I know they've done it a lot now it's expanded that particular technique is expanded in a number of ways and yeah well I mean whenever uh, I mean going back to just the like GPS application yeah. I mean I remember um, several years ago when I went down to visit a, uh, a friend of mine in uh, South Carolina he took me to Jekyll Island which mm -hmm. has one of those big like sea turtle rehab centers yeah. in it and um you know, that you could donate to help fund, you know, them rehabbing these turtles and stuff. But they, they off, actually offered, um, if you like, you know, quote unquote, uh, adopted, you know, mm -hmm. one of these sea turtles that they released back, you know, they, they GPS those turtles and mm -hmm. stuff too. So they released them back, you know, if you donated X amount of dollars, you could get like the link, you know, so you to could your follow, own turtle. Yeah. You could, you, oh, could, you, cool. could, you could follow your, your turtle around. Yeah. You know, I mean, wouldn't it be kind of cool if, um, they somehow could incorporate that with birds too, oh, like yeah. with all the rehab. I mean, you know, facilities and everything. Granted, you know, I mean, it would be really hard for. I mean, it's hard enough for most raptor rehab facilities to get enough funding and donations to to kind of stay afloat just in food, let yeah. alone get <laughs> to but, GPS their birds and stuff. But it'd be cool if, if we could do something like that. There are so many cool little technologies. Like uh, I have those little. Uh, dongle that i put on my keys that i can you know find with my phone and mm -hmm. I've, I've looked at those and they're they're getting smaller and smaller and i'm thinking man 
you could almost just put that on your your bird, you know, and yeah. you know, well, but I'm, it won't give you the resolution of of a of a something like a GPS. But I always, you know, I, I'm just I'm just amazed that the technology has advanced so much that we were able to, you know, I think we're we're soon going to be able to, you know, learn an awful lot from this just GPS technology. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, it's it's really, um, I mean, just just going back to you know using the um, like you know the Marshall system for mm-hmm. example. I mean, there's so much information that you can discern. I mean, of course, once you get used to to using the features and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that you can look at that you can discern from just the information that you get from from the flight patterns and and everything else that you're able to save and mm-hmm. and um, and all that. And it's like it would be, I mean, if I, if you can get just a few really important tidbits of information about how your own bird flies from that kind of system, I mean, I can only imagine with, you know, as, as more as that technology advances for like all the purpose, like the purposes that you just described and everything, how much more we can, we could really truly learn about yeah. all these migratory birds and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, great. Definitely, uh, definitely very cool to, um, to think about, but, uh, so, I mean, what, what else have you, uh, have you kind of given thoughts to as far as, um, you know, is there, is there anything else that you want to fly eventually? I mean, do you, uh, well, I, you know, I think about it. Um, so we've kind of, you know, we spend most of our time now in Colorado mm-hmm. and we're kind of learning that landscape, uh, and seeing what it has to offer. Uh, we still go back and spend time in Illinois. So in Illinois where it's corn and bean deserts, you know, you pretty much, well, you have, I, I feel you. Yeah. From yeah, Indiana, yeah. Too, so it's uh, rabbits and squirrels, right? Those are your choices. And mm-hmm. even squirrels are difficult because there's, you know, it's all corn and bean desert. And so there's, you know, all the woods that you have uh, are occupied by deer hunters this time of year mm-hmm. and uh, finding places to hunt squirrels in Illinois has been tough. So I'm kind of, we're kind of trying to figure out our way in Colorado. We found some good rabbit spots and jack spots and things like that. So uh, I guess I'm, you know, I'm, I may be at that point where I look toward something else that maybe, uh, I could target a little more plentiful game than what we're, we've been able to find. Um, but yeah, I think about, uh, right now I'm thinking about getting our, our facilities finished and built and, <laughs> uh, out of the way. Uh, we still have that to complete, but uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm always going to love red tails. I think I will, they're just. To me, they're just this, I love the generalist nature of this bird that's, you know, continent wide and catches a little bit of everything. And, uh, they're just, they're just a fun bird to fly. And I don't know that I'll ever get tired of that. And mm-hmm. I love the way, you know, the Harris's have been fun, but to me, there's nothing like a red tail crashing into brush that, you know, that's exciting. Yeah. And, uh, I think to each his own probably, you know, I've not, I've not had a lot of experience watching long wingers fly, but um i can see where maybe someday uh i yeah. could get into that well i mean the the thing with that too is you're already kind of out west mm-hmm. and you know you're you're in a in more heck you're <laughs> you're even in in a better position even than i am you know trying to do that very thing right now probably in a better position than than me and, yeah. and a lot of guys um and that you're probably closer to a lot of a lot more reasonable expectation type areas um, yeah. if you wanted to do the long wing deal i, I think that's and, that's certainly true yeah and um, i mean you you're you're yeah yeah you're, you're definitely a lot more equipped where you're at probably than well not even probably you're definitely you're definitely a lot more equipped uh, you know for that at, at that's at that point so i mean yeah if, if it's something that struck you eventually you know um I can, de- I can definitely tell you, you know, as, as inexperienced so far as I am with, with the whole long wing deal. Um, you know, I, if you just, if you, if it, if it bites you yeah. and, um, you get that bug, um, I will say, you know, the, the 20 extra steps or so that you have to take getting mm-hmm. a Falcon going, um, you know, to some people is a huge turnoff, but for me, it's part of what I enjoyed about it so far. Yeah. So I will say that, you know, the whole idea of moving West was a little bit pushed by the potential opportunity mm-hmm. to do different things right, like yeah. in falconry well yeah um, practically for yeah. sure and yeah. um it, it we haven't realized it yet uh that that whole sort of notion of what we're whatever it will be you know the new the new style of hunting whether it be mm-hmm. long wings or i don't know we we went to a, a 
you know, a lot of meets last year and experienced a lot of different falconry. And, you know, we went to the Merlin meet mm-hmm. uh, where we met. And, sure. Uh, we also went to the Arizona meet, which was totally different. Um, but definitely there was always a draw to move west in large part because of the different opportunities in falconry. Sure. You know. Well, and, and you, you guys incorporate dogs too. Mm-hmm. So, well, know. that, yeah, that's, it's great. We love the dogs. We, we got, you know, we got the Decker Terriers mm-hmm. to, uh, be squirrel dogs. And then we moved to Colorado yeah. where, <laughs> where we don't really have squirrels. I'm like, well, yeah. okay. So they're going to become jackrabbit dogs or something. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, or just anything, whatever. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. just, just whatever. Yep. Just have them out in the field with you, and just, just whatever, whatever goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, I certainly envy, you know, uh, guys like yourself that that were able to, you know, make that move and kind of stick to it. Um, you know, I don't regret by any stretch the way my life has turned out. Um, but that being said, I, I really wish that that that, uh, that that I could move my family out west, and they yeah. would be willing to do that. Um, not it's, in the cards for me. It's not, but no. but I but I um, uh, in some aspect of things, it would be nice to live vicariously through through some you and some of my out. other friends. Yeah, that. <laughs> but Come visit. Uh, but yeah, so. Well, I mean, is, is there anything else that, uh, that you can think of that you'd like to throw out there for your experiences or what, what's, what's been your favorite story overall so far? And and, I just sort of looking back in the past, the people that I've been able to meet through falconry has been pretty remarkable. I've had some fun experiences. Uh, my sponsor, uh, although he's not active anymore, I think he tried to put me in contact with, uh, interesting people and, and they were doing uh, fun things, cool things. And, um, I remember he, he was interested in pulling a, a goshawk when I was, I think I was still an apprentice at that point. And so he put me in, uh, we all got in touch with, uh, Dave Noble and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mike McDermott. And we took a trip up to Wisconsin to go and pull goshawks. And, uh, that was really cool, really neat experience. Uh, watched him climbing the tree and, almost killing himself you yeah know, trying to it can i've done i've done it one time <laughs> yeah. and and uh i'm not gonna say i'm never gonna do that again yeah but um i don't know when the next time i'm gonna do it again <laughs> is gonna be for sure i i de- having having just bit the bullet and did it doing it that one time was enough to show me that man you really just need to be not as fat as you are oh and my out of gosh. shape and yeah. uh, everything else and it's amazing how much you sweat doing he, that man he i felt bad for him he was completely exhausted by the time he got down yeah. from the tree and uh that whole experience was a riot um because i had you know i don't i think i'd met mike a few times before uh that experience but we were just driving up to this spot uh to go and uh find this goshawk nest and and we're driving along and and I, all of us you know, were kind of in a caravan and look to the side and we see what looks like a dog in a tree you know and like all of a sudden <laughs> you know mike pulls over and he he uh we pull over and we look and oh my gosh it's a bear and we see uh mike get out of his car and go running into the woods <laughs> and the bear comes shimmying down the tree and he he disappears into the woods and like what the heck is going on? What is he doing? And he, he gets back and he says, and we we're like, what the heck were you doing, man? Why, why were you chasing a bear? He's like, I wanted to catch it. I'm like, what do you mean you wanted to catch it? And he says, well, I got this list of animals that I've caught, you know, with my bare hands, you know, like badgers and deer and, and try to catch a bear. And he's like, I would have given myself some leeway on the bear. Like if I had grabbed fur, then I would count it. That was crazy. So that was that the, sounds like a very Mike thing. It was a fun experience. Uh, yeah, no, I've had, I've been pretty fortunate to meet some really uh, amazing people. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's ultimately um, part of what, like I said before, part of what makes this uh, sport just so appealing, you yeah. know, and, and it just makes uh it makes it really worthwhile um, to be able to do that. And that's part of the reason why I do this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, is basically it, it's, I enjoy it. Number one, but number two, part of the reason why I enjoy it is because it gives me an excuse um, to kind of go out and try and get people that I don't know yet. Or yeah. even some that I obviously do that, that, you know, like yourself and, and other friends that, um, you know, I, everybody's, like I said, everybody's got a story. So, mm-hmm. um, but Anyway, I mean, thanks. We're, we're actually uh, pretty pretty close to an hour. Um, 
you know, like I, I appreciate, uh, it's been, you know, it's been fun hanging out this week. And I appreciate yeah, you doing this with me. Um, like I said, I, um, I really would love to be able to go out West more and stuff. And hopefully whenever you get settled in, I'll get to come visit sometime. Please um, do. But, uh, hopefully by then I'll have a, a Falcon that's actually doing things and, uh, and maybe we can, um, you know, I'll have to scout out some ponds. And yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, and, and I, I have a feeling that, you know, you first couple times you see that and you see your first legitimate, like, I mean, have you gotten to see the legit stoop and everything yet? And I wouldn't say legit. I <laughs> would say, you know, a few pigeons thrown and mm-hmm. after three hours of driving and I'm like, you know, I don't really have that kind of time. I just right. kind of want to go to my spot and go hunting. Right. But no, I haven't really seen. Well, seeing, seeing like a, a peregrine, you know, stoop from like a thousand feet. And, you know, that, uh, you know, on, on something and, uh, just hearing that wind shear, mm-hmm. you know, that, that fighter pilot, you yeah. know, like, like sound just coming out of the, the sky and everything. It like seeing that and you, you'll know pretty instantly, you know, if that's, that, the... if that's like what you legit really want to get into at some yeah. point. And, uh, you know, like I said, maybe, um, maybe we can. You know, I don't know. Who knows? When hopefully it'll be, I'll be one of the people maybe to to show you that. That'd be great. If not, I'll still be trying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, heck, even 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 droning falcons during the training aspect of, of everything is even is even fun too. Yeah. So, worst case scenario, we could get something like that done. I'm sure. Yeah. Too. Well, at least now we live somewhere that that seems more of a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have to scout out a little spots between cornfields right. and stuff to try and make it work. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, well, cool man well we'll uh we'll do some more hanging today before we all have to drive back yeah. tomorrow but it's been fun and uh thank like you said, thanks thanks for thanks for the time no nope, you bet all right talk soon bud yep I just want to take a quick opportunity here also before we go to thank everyone who has uh, bought a patch that we debuted not too long ago. Um, we've really been uh, very happy with the response we've been getting with them. So thank you so much for um, supporting us and uh, really hope that you enjoy them. And lastly, of course, uh, happy holidays. I hope everyone's had a great holiday season so far. And um, please be safe over the new year. Um, take care and uh, happy hawking. Hope to see you back next week. Thanks. Enjoy.